0: Welcome to another episode of the haskin cast podcast i am your host scott haskin and this week we are traveling into emotion country we're covering the album for my broken heart by reba mcintyre came out in 1991 and went double platinum how cool is that um yeah it's a great album uh lots of uh just powerful raw emotion on this one very well constructed songs of course, Reba does not write the majority of her music as was typical for a lot of country artists. I know there's some that still do that, but some are starting to write their own as it's really a, a crossover between country and pop. I just found out, and I'm still a little baffled by this, that Taylor Swift is considered country. And I don't understand now what country music is because it really, the stuff that I've heard from her, and maybe it's just those particular songs, but definitely seems more popish than country. Um, country music was never really performed as a big extravaganza with shows and dance numbers and stuff like that. Like I I know Dolly Parton did some pretty big productions, but you know, for the most part, it was really simple music, simple folk, simple life kind of stuff. And uh, boy, it, it really has evolved. Even when I was in a country band and I was 21 at the time, the second youngest person, our lead guitar player was 35, all the way up to our uh, steel guitar player, I think was 53. So there was quite a range of ages in the band. And we were mostly doing older country. And we had a few more modern songs that we did to kind of mix it up a little bit for the audience. But it was it was a lot of older country, a lot of gut wrenching stuff. And uh, but I had a lot of fun playing it. And as a drummer, I have to say it really taught me how to be a metronome you know people say that about Ringo Starr that he was a great metronome and I agree with that he's a very solid drummer um I'm not sure about metronome though because he, he always plays with that swing feel that's not quite you know that tick tock on the beat kind of uh playing but definitely solid you can you can count on his drums to be exactly where they should be when they should be there and he, he doesn't ever seem to stray from that it's like he does have a that built into his heartbeat is, you know, whatever metronome, uh, whatever tempo he wants to set it at, he seems to be able to lock onto it very solidly. Um, but yeah, the, the country world has changed so much. I mean, I, I think Shania Twain made a pretty big advancement in the crossover between country and what would, what I feel is pop. Um, there were a lot of other artists, I think around that time too, when, when she was coming out with, um, uh, come on over. That helped. But man, it's it's a whole different world from the stuff that I played with my band, which was very gut-wrenching. The kind of stuff that they joke about, like if you play it backwards, you get your truck back and your dog back and all that. Um, Really dark, depressing songs a lot of times. Even the songs that were like, I love this woman with every fiber of my being, were sung in a way that sounded like you were really sad that you just lost her, even though there was no indication. It was actually like a very sweet romantic song about the, the singer's love for his mate. And, but the delivery of it, the music surrounding it was often just, it's like, they didn't know how to write anything that didn't pull at your heartstrings one way or another. And it usually made you feel sad, even if the subject matter was happy. So it was very strange, but I did enjoy playing in that band. Um, Dakota Rose I had a lot of fun with them. We did our last show, New Year's Eve. I think it was going into 1993. So New Year's Eve 92 in Simla, Colorado. I'm pretty sure the whole town was there. And um, it was a nice bar that we played. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, Met some fairly cool people, but it was a very small stage. I was banging my elbows against the walls because I was shoved into the corner. The drum stage was very small, so I brought a very small kit with me. And uh, so I kind of had to squeeze in my elbows and really play with my arms and wrists. It was a very weird night. Um, But I had fun. It was a good show. It was our last and we took a nice uh, band photo. There's a couple of shots of uh, that show on my Facebook, where I was actually wearing a cowboy hat and not looking very happy about it. When I put my uh, Zildjian baseball cap on, I was much happier and took off the flannel and just wore my uh, Zildjian t shirt. I was I was a much happier guy. And that was because I couldn't afford Pisces symbols at the time. Um, but it was it was great fun. I mean, there's a lot of merit in country, it's about getting the emotion out. It's about I, I need to feel this so I can let it go. And I would wonder, however, if any kind of study has been done to cross-reference people who listen to country music and to, the older country music. I'm not talking about today's stuff. Um, but to to see if there's a study that would be that has been done that links People who listen to that old school country music and depression, because I could certainly see surrounding yourself with those kind of feelings all day, um, thinking about, you know, the loss or, you know, even like I said, in the happy songs, a lot of them sound depressing. So I would have to wonder if there isn't some merit to it. And I had a friend who was depressed all the time and all she listened to was a lot of older country So it just makes me wonder if there isn't a correlation to that. I mean, they say if you watch, uh, you know, movies that are depressing, that you'll fall into that depression. Why would music be any different? It seems like it would fall into the exact same category. Um, But anyway, let's get back to Reba. So there are three albums that I know pretty well by Reba, and this is one of them. I absolutely love this album. I remember I was delivering newspapers for the Denver Post, and uh, I was doing the... um, the commercial route. So it was like schools, grocery stores, convenience stores, gas stations, stuff like that. I didn't do the home delivery route. And, um, you know, out there in Colorado all year round, you've got, you know, different kinds of weather, you've got rain, you've got snow, you've got ice, you've got all kinds of stuff. There were a couple of routes that, you know, could potentially be very, very dangerous and snowy, and you might have to take your time with it. And it was around that time that I first started getting into to Reba and I honestly don't know what song it was that spurred my interest. I'm pretty sure it was that same friend that I was telling you about that suffered from depression that was the one that turned me on to her but once I I started listening to her stuff, I was like, man, this girl really is is uh, has the ability to tell a story that she hasn't lived in a way to make you believe it just happened to her. And I thought that was so amazing. And if if you guys were able to listen to my interview with with Graham Bonnet and Bethany Heavenstone recently, we talked a little bit about that. And you know that was one of the first things I said the day I met Graham was that that's one thing that I loved about listening to him is his ability to convey a story as if it's just happened and if it, as if it's the first time he's ever told the story, and no matter how many times he's told it. And Reba also when I interviewed Bernie from Uriah Heap, it was the same thing. He's not a lyricist, he's a singer. And so for him to come into these lyrics and be able to live deliver them in such a way that you just feel his passion for the event or the story or the dream or whatever it is that he's singing about is absolutely amazing because he has no emotional connection to the lyrics except what he felt when he read them. And I think that is a real talent. I think a lot of people can sing well. I think a lot of people can sing in key, on pitch, you know, whatever. Um, But there's, as they said in Mr. Holland's opus, there's a difference between playing the notes and playing the sunset. And I think Reba is one of those singers that understands how to sing the entire transition of the sun setting and make you feel all the colors of, of that, you know, bright sun turning to pink and orange and, you know, light blue and then red and it, it's just amazing the ability that she has as a performer. Uh, again, not, not a big writer. She hasn't written that many songs from what I was able to find. In fact, she didn't write the one song that I thought she had. So there goes that. And that's part of the beauty of the internet is that we, we get to find out the, the reality of a lot of things that before were just, you know, rumors or, or an understanding or, you know, word of mouth or whatever. So, um, but let's get into it. Uh, I think this album is fantastic. Um, It's definitely a tearjerker in a lot of ways, but there's some inspirational stuff along the way. Let's get into the very first song, which is the title track of the double platinum 1991 album For My Broken Heart.
1: Couldn't face the night
0: is a very long intro to this song. So I trim that down to get into kind of the meat of it a little bit. So when you hear the full song, be aware that there is a much longer intro. It's uh, it's interesting too because the pad sound that they're using reminds me a lot of uh White Snakes in this L- is this love from the 87 album. Um just a similar kind of tone, but in any case, this is a, a beautiful song, but it it really is interesting. I mean, the basic concept of it is the world didn't stop for my broken heart. And that is so true. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever is is dwelling within you, the thing that you're upset about, the thing that you can't let go of, the thing that you want, whatever it is, that is so individual. And, you know, your pain is something that you feel alone. It's, it's very isolated to you. You might have friends that are there for you. They put your arm around with you. They empathize with you. They, you know, they want you to feel better or whatever, and and they might understand how you feel, but you're the only one living with it day in and day out from the time you wake up to the time that you wake up over and over again throughout the night. And it's, it's kind of the realization of that. And I think it's a great point because we do tend to get so caught up in the emotion of whatever we're dealing with that we forget what's going on in the outside world, or we forget that everyone else isn't feeling what we're feeling. And it's, it's just us and we need to work on, on past it. So, uh, but, but what I'd love about her, and you could hear it just in the little bit of voice that I played for you here is she has this really interesting ability to almost cut off her voice, to make it sound like it cracked, but it didn't. And it just has that little split second of interruption that brings out so much emotion. I love that about her style. as a hard thing to do. Uh, it's an easy thing to do when you're hitting puberty and it happens all the time, whether you want it to or not. But as an adult, that's a tough thing to do. But she is just a master of that technique. Now, that could be something that's very natural to her. It might be something she does without even thinking about it. I don't know. But I know the end result of it really brings out a lot more depth in her vocal, a lot more. I'm feeling this. I feel like I'm going to start crying and my voice is cracking than anything else would. And that might be one of the things that really attracts me to her as a vocalist that I, I buy into whatever she, story she's telling me. and I think that's pretty cool. Um, the next song is one I've heard a couple, I've heard the story told a couple of different ways. There's a, there's another song. I can't remember who did it, but it's called where corn don't grow. And there was another band that I was going to do one gig with. And they gave me the, well, the singer and I actually went out and found all the music to put together. And there was this one song called where corn don't grow. And it's about this kid who's like, you know, he grows up on a farm, his, his father figures, he's just going to take over the farm. And he comes to this, the kid comes to this realization where he's like, I, I want to go experience life. Like, I don't want to live on this farm. And you know, grow corn and, and shuck the husks and whatever. Like I want to go experience the world. And he, he sits down with his father and has that discussion in the song. And and the whole thing is I want to experience life where corn don't grow. And this song is called, is there life out there? And it's kind of the same basic concept. It's like, I've lived a sheltered life in this tiny little place. What else is out there? What, what else could I do with my life? If I, if I wasn't here and here's that one.
1: She she was ready. Now she's not so sure. She thought she'd done some living. Now she's just wondering what she's living for. Now she's feeling that there's something more. doesn't
0: want leave. She's just wondering, is there life out there? It's such a relatable concept, isn't it? Like, let's say that you are a banker and you got a job in a bank when you graduated high school or maybe the, your senior year in high school. And you know, you're like, I'm just going to do this for a little while. And then you got a raise and then you got another raise and you got a promotion. And pretty soon you're a manager. And and the next thing you know, you're like, wow, I've been at this bank for 15 years and I never wanted to be a banker. What else could I have done? Like you could relate it to something like that. You could relate it to getting married young. Like what would my life have been like if I just would have been patient or, you know, uh, so many things that we just get stuck in in life or, or, just wonder what would have been an alternative choice or if, you know, if we had had an opportunity to experience other things. So I think it's a, it's a very relatable concept. I, I love it, but let's talk about the production on this album. Now, of course, Reba records in Nashville. She's, you know, multi-million dollar studios. They sound unbelievably good. Her band on this is absolutely fantastic. Um, Really, really amazing. And speaking of her band, um, her touring band, On the previous tour, if I have the timing right, um, most of them had died in a plane crash. And so she was um, this was her first album after that. So I think it's kind of understandable that there's a lot more um, emotion, I feel, tied with this one, because this is like I'm working with new people now. I'm getting ready to go on the road with people that aren't the people that I was used to touring with and, and became friends and family with. Um, I had a friend that had played with her on that tour and he said that she was very, very nice, but very standoffish. Like she was very pleasant and friendly, not cold, but you could tell it was, it was very uncomfortable for her because again, like she was now working with all new people and thinking, you know, the people that she worked with were gone. So that had to be so difficult. And I would imagine it was difficult for the musicians. It's just one of those incredibly unfortunate things. I'm glad that she was okay and she was able to continue. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that if you, if you don't want to fold and just be done with your career and say, I can't do this now, um, which would be a very sad thing, especially she was on the verge of going double platinum. Um, you have to power through it. You know, you have to find a way to deal with whatever the thing is and you don't have to forget it i think that that's what stops a lot of people from getting past their issues is they feel like they have to forget whatever the thing was to move past it and you don't you just have to find a way to deal with it to say okay this person hurt me and here's how it happened. Here's what I can learn from it and maybe avoid it the next time. And slowly that pain will diminish as you try and turn it into a positive, or maybe you just need to cut ties with that person or, you know, whatever the thing is that you need to do to to move past, do that thing. But I think what prevents a lot of people is feeling that they have to forget the thing that happened. And I don't think that you do. I think in fact, it's, it's unhealthy to forget it because then you're likely to repeat whatever the horrible thing was that that happened. Now, in this case, obviously you wouldn't, but you have to move past certain issues that are involved with a situation like this to be able to go on back in the studio and then go on stage with other people and tour with other people and things like that. So uh, kudos to her for for being able to do it and come back with a, a new desire to record and to go back on the road, because I'm sure that was a very difficult thing for a while for her to do, but she did it. And I'm very glad. And that might have also been uh, an interpretation of is there life out there facing the prospect of maybe never touring again or never going back to the studio again and thinking, you know, what what will life be like if I don't or what will my life be like if I do, you know, is there life out there for me if I go back on the road? It could be a lot of things. I mean, she didn't write the song, I don't think, but um, certainly the potential for why she chose it to do on the album could have something to do with that. Uh, it's all speculation because I don't know, but interesting to think about. Nonetheless, I think this is a song that has a really broad scope of of connection for pretty much everybody in one way or another. Um, our next song, this one's really interesting to me. Um, there's two songs on the album that I consider very similar type songs. And this is the first one. I'll let you know what the other one is when we get to it. This is called Bobby.
1: Bobby pleaded guilty to the charges that they read As they led him from the courtroom, a young voice turned his head A little boy dressed in blue was standing at the rail. He said, I hope they kill you, I hope you go to hell They'd all seen the headlines about Bobby and his wife, how they loved each other and how he took her life. Day after day he sat alone. Night after night they'd hear him sing a song. He'd say, "Baby, I'll take."
0: Yeah, there is some seriously beautiful piano on this song. Absolutely love it. The chorus is fantastic. Um, it's an interesting story. What I gather from it, what I get out of it. And again, you guys know me. I'm not a lyrics guy. But what comes to me from this story is that basically his wife was ill. He basically assisted suicide at her. Is that wait? Is that right? Is that proper assisted suicided? That doesn't sound right. Anyway, that's what he did. And, of course, his son, or their son, I should say, hates him because he killed his mom and doesn't really understand you know what's going on. He's just filled with anger and hatred and um but it's a very, very emotional one as you go through the the full story with the guy and um of course, his son comes to visit him at prison at one point, but a really cool song, I just love the way. The, they layer the vocals in the chorus. I, I think it's a very powerful song. I love the snare sound. The snare sound is just killer on this album. Um, I could use, as and I say this a lot, I know, because I, I like a little more than they usually give in the studio. I could use a punchier kick. I, I could use something that hits me in the chest a little bit more not in that, you know, hard rock way, but something that just gives it a little extra punch. And I think it's just missing a little more kick drum. But apart from that, the mix is fantastic on this album. This song sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, Well, well done. And that brings us to our next song. He's in Dallas because, of course, it's in the South.
1: my Appalachian heart I was so naive that I believed him when he promised we'd never be apart. So we packed and pulled a U-Haul to him to dance. A year went by and the bay His old friends and his nightlife came between us. Dreams turned in.
0: He's in Dallas, a.k.a. a tiger ain't going to change its spots. You know, for some people, they try to grow up and they just can't. And they go back to what was fun. Like once once you've grown to a certain point and now you have responsibilities and that becomes your life, whether you have a family or, you know, you just you have your regular bills and you have to work to pay them, whatever it is, a lot of people and you know, they just yearn for that time in their youth when it was just them and their buddies hanging out watching movies getting drunk whatever it was that they did and um they want it so bad that they go back to it and they just kind of lose themselves in that wanting to hold on to that fun as much as possible and uh you know when when you've made a family and things you have different different focuses and different responsibilities and different commitments so uh definitely this this story is i'm sure that a lot one that a lot of people will identify with because it's not uncommon at all I've known so many people in this exact situation, maybe a different city. But in any case, uh it's it's a very real storyline. But beautifully told, the steel guitar, I think, is is the star of this song, aside from the vocal, of course, because the vocal is always going to be the hero of the song with Reba. Uh, but I love the steel guitar in this. I love how clean it was recorded, but I love the depth of the sound of it too. Um, it doesn't just sound like thin guitar strings being plucked and bent it it really sounds, you know, rich and, and, um, wide. And I like that. I I love the sound of the steel on this one. So, uh, yeah, great song. It's, it's a tough one because again, this is like another one that really brings reality home for a lot of people. And it's, it's a shame. It's like we've go through the same thing, same stupid shit generation after generation. And it's like, we have to learn the same things over and over and over again. We never really seem to escalate beyond, Some of these things like it would be wonderful if we could have a generation that didn't cheat on people or, you know, didn't run out on the family at the first sign of an argument or, you know, whatever it is, it would just be nice if we could take some of these issues that we've been dealing with ever since, you know, people that, um, you know, maybe we could find a way to move forward with with just progress in life. But it seems like we're just in this rut where every generation just repeats the same mistakes. And this is a, a, you know, one example of why. So anyway, off of my soapbox, let's get on to all dressed up with nowhere to go.
1: But mostly no one comes sip on the weekends Ruby Wilson lives in 303 Where she spends most her time But it's almost noon on Sunday She's been sitting in the lobby since night Jesus.
0: It's gut-wrenching, isn't it? I mean, thinking of this poor woman sitting at the front by the window, watching people come by and visit other people, and no one's coming for her, and she just sits there, and she waits, and she hopes she's all dressed and ready to go if someone would be there to pick her up or just come visit, say hi. It, Man, it's it's such an emotional thing. And I'm a I, I don't know if I'm more of a visual person than the average visual visual person or the average person, but I definitely really see this person with you know sitting there in a dress and a pink hat and it has maybe a little bit of um I don't know what do they call it? like that white mesh that uh, older ladies sometimes have with their their hats like almost like a veil, a little bit of that. and she's just sitting there and she's smiling and rocking back and forth in her chair, just hoping that that the car pulls up. And then at the end of the day, she's just completely defeated because no one showed up. And I, you know, part of me is like, come on, dude, no one called and said they were coming. If if your daughter or your son or your, you know, whatever said, hey, I will be there on Sunday or Tuesday. Um, I'll be there in the afternoon or I'll be there in the morning, whatever. Um, and they didn't show up. That's one thing. But if nobody said they were going to be there and you're just sitting at the window randomly expecting someone's going to show up, well, yeah, your heart's going to be broken, but you kind of did that one to yourself. Now we're talking older people. So there might be issues of, you know, uh, mental illness, dementia, that sort of thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about someone who's like lonely, but you know, you're just kind of setting yourself up to be hurt even more, like do something to distract yourself. If you're you know, watch movies, play games, interact with people, like whatever, you know, with people that are there, whatever, you know, you do. But it's just that is like the worst thing you could pick to do is getting all dressed up and then sitting at the window, hoping someone's going to show up. So that is, but it's so gut wrenching either way, because as a, as an empathetic person, you can't help but to feel for them either way. Like you just want to be like, you know what, I'll take the day off and I'll go visit you. And, even though I don't know that you exist and I'll I'll hang out with you and and brighten your day until tomorrow when you do it again. So it's an interesting song. Um, Again, a a very identifiable concept. And I think there's that fear that a lot of people have. And I don't necessarily know that I feel this way at this point in my life. But I think there's that fear that that's going to be us. That one day we're going to be socked away in a hospital or a nursing home And there's going to be nothing to do. And people are not going to come and visit. We're going to be forgotten about. And I think this song really plays more into that than telling the sad story of Ruby Wilson. Although hearing Ruby's story doesn't make me feel any better. It's a very sad song in any case. So let's move on to our next song. Now this one is the second of the two that I feel are are kind of similar. Um, You might think I'm nuts. That's fine. You probably already do. And this is called The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. So this is one that, that a lot of people might know. It was originally done by Vicki Lawrence from, uh, you may know, from Mama's Family. Um, amazing song. And I, I grew up listening to the Vicki Lawrence version, but I actually like this version better. Uh, I think Vicki did a great job. As I've gone back and listened to it, as I've become um, you know more of a songwriter and, and recording artist, I I don't hear the power, the emotion in Vicky's version that I do in Reba. That draws me in a little more. And I've said most of the time, the first version of a song that you hear is the one that you're going to like the most or the one that will stick with you. It's hard to overcome whatever your memory is, because it's not even about if the song's better by a different artist or not. It's about the memory you have associated with hearing that song and what it brings you back to whenever you hear it again. Um, but in this case, I remember listening to this and I was driving. I'm like, man, I almost pulled over cause I got such a shiver at one particular point in this song that I'll talk about after I play the clip that I was like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. And I don't remember really feeling anything like it with the Vicki Lawrence version. So in this case, I'm going to say, I like Reba's version better. Um, and, and it's rare, like I said, that I, I like a, a later heard version over the original version that I heard uh, doesn't matter which one came out first. To me, it's about which one I heard first. And uh, this one's really powerful. So I'm going to get into that and I'm going to get into why it reminds me of Bobby in just a minute. First, let's check out a little bit of the song. He was on his way
1: home from been two weeks gone And he thought he'd stop at Webb's And have him a drink Before he went on to her Andy Wolo said hello He said hi, what's the wind? Whoa, said sit down I got some bad news that's gonna hurt He said I'm your best friend And you know that's right But your young bride ain't home tonight Since you've been gone She's been seeing that aimless boy Say got mad and he saw red And he said, boy, don't you lose your head Cause to tell you the truth I've been with her myself
0: your best friend, by the way, I slept with your wife. So there's that. And so is this other guy. Um, yeah, not really a best friend, I would say in that situation. Um, not a friend at all in that situation. So this poor guy, like he's, he's just gotten married. He had to go out of town. He comes back. He finds out his wife's been cheating on him with this guy. Then he finds out his best friend did her. And, you know, I mean, things are a little bit nuts. So, You know, then he goes in to confront the guy, finds the guy's dead in a puddle of blood. He fires a shot in the air to flag the sheriff down to come over. And the sheriff, of course, assumes that that was the shot that killed the guy, even though the guy had been long dead and in a a puddle of blood that was already there. So I don't know how long he thinks that takes to happen. But, you know, this is the South and back into older days and, um, you know, they, they got things to do, man. They got to get to dinner. So they do a quick trial. They're like, yeah, you're guilty, whatever, dude, hang him. <laughs> you know, it, and it's, it's really makes me wonder in reality, how much of that actually has happened in real life. Like how many people have had these mock trials? Cause they don't really want to research the crime or they're just like, yeah, I don't know. This is our most likely suspect. So let's just prosecute him and there's nobody else. So we'll just find him guilty. You know, I, there's so many things that have been wrong that have happened. I mean, certainly since DNA evidence has become a thing. And remember, this song was written really before DNA evidence was a thing. Not that it would have helped here because this is a gunshot, but um, he certainly would have had powder residue on his phone. But did they check ballistics? Was it the same kind of gun? What are the chances? You know, so many things are wrong with this. But what what part really makes me shiver is that line when when she says, and I, I didn't play it here, it comes up in the, at the end of the next verse, but uh, the Georgia patrol was making its rounds, so he fired a shot just to flag him down. Like right there, right there is where I get that shiver because I know what that leads to. He's like, hey, Sheriff, and that gets him convicted of murder because he's like, hey, Sheriff. I mean, that's just how crazy this song is. And um, I know it's a story, but I kind of feel like things like this happened all the time. I really do. And of course he didn't do it. It wasn't him. And, um, now of course his sister's got to live with this because his sister's the one that actually killed the guy. So she didn't get a chance to let them know before they hung her brother. Cause you know, they had to get home to supper. So it's just, it's such a great song. It's like a, it's like twilight zone irony almost in this song, but it's done so powerfully. I love the drums in this song because a lot of times it's just little hits on the cymbal bells. Um, there's just a few toms here and there that come in for accent. It's got a beat during the chorus, but the rest of the time it doesn't. It's just almost more percussive, really, really well done. Um, I love the electric guitar in it. And once again, here, I'm going to make the same comparison. The riff is a little bit like King from deep purple. Uh, let me stand next to your fire by Jimi Hendrix. It's just got that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da in between the lines and gives the vocal room to breathe and shine and and cut through. And I love that. I love when they're able to do that. And it doesn't sound like 18 other things I've heard trying to do that same thing. Um, Very well done. And of course, the backing vocals on the song are also phenomenal. It's almost like a, a gospel choir is singing behind her. It sounds that good to me. And they met, meld really well with her voice. Another beautifully mixed song. But the reason that I I compare it a little bit to the song Bobby is because it has that same kind of misunderstanding with a, well, Bobby had a better resolution at the end than this one does. Because this one ended badly for everybody. And um, maybe worse for the sister because she's the only one that knows the truth. And she has to live with the fact that her brother died because she was trying to do the right thing. And that's that's guilt for you. So incredible song. I would highly recommend to though go check out the Vicki Lawrence version. I think it's a good song. I just it just doesn't give me that shiver like this one does. And of course, this one's got a little bit more modern sound to it, which is a little bit more appealing to me. And um, yeah, but they're both good. They're both definitely good. And I would highly recommend listening to both of them. So now we're going to get back into the relationship side of Reba and we're going to go to a song called Buying Her Roses.
1: I took him for granted Now looking back at it, He's not the only one to blame Between the jobs and the kids Wasn't much time for you We let the fire slip away from the flame Guess I shouldn't be surprised But as hard as I try I can't believe it's happening
0: Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. And especially when it comes to relationships, we're so afraid to lose what we have, even if we're unhappy with it. I mean, clearly she's disconnected from this guy. He's found someone else. And now she's like, yeah, but I don't I don't want to be with him, but I don't want to not be with him either. And it, and it's a big struggle for people, which I always find fascinating. I, I don't understand the difference between the two. Um, either you want to be with somebody or you don't. And maybe there's that, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be with them, but I want to be with, I don't want them to be with someone else. You know, then there's that, which seems to also be common, which I also don't understand, but that's just me. You know, I'm not a big relationship person. So I don't really have the knowledge or experience in a lot of those things. I just see things from an outsider's point of view, which is pretty easy because I don't have the emotion that's attached with it. So it's, if I have the emotion attached with it, I might understand a little bit better why some of these things happen the way they do. But in any case, it's like, uh, you know, I, I I know he wants to be with her. He should be with her. I've really not treated him well. But what do I do if he's not here? I, I totally understand the message of the song or what I think is the message of the song. But it's it's done with such a somber, like, I know I messed up. And I love that that she admits that but then also has that vulnerability of, but I don't, I don't want to be alone or maybe it's that. Maybe it's not even about it being her being with him. It's just about not wanting to not have anybody for whatever time, like you're, you could still go meet somebody new, but just that I don't want to be alone thing, which is a huge reason that people do stuff like this. So a great song though. Uh, This is another one where the steel guitar is a real hero musically um, love the drums. I love that little Tom hit and, and that they throw in in the chorus. Uh, that's really unexpected, but pretty cool. Um, I, I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, wow, that's different. And I, I had to go back and listen to a couple of times how it was integrated. Sometimes it's a couple hits. A lot of times it's only one, but uh, you know, variety is nice. You don't want to just have the exact same thing, same thing, repeat every pass. So um, yeah, another great musical song. And that brings us to The Greatest Man I Never Knew. You know, it's an interesting thing, putting your feelings out there or, or putting them on the line, taking a chance to tell somebody and see what develops. And I don't just mean that from a romantic standpoint. You know, that's probably more difficult because you you definitely feel more vulnerable and more at risk with matters of the heart. But even just, you know, a lot of people don't tell each other how much they respect each other or appreciate other each other or the value that that they see in another person. And that's something I really do try and focus on because I do think it's important. And I don't think it shows any vulnerability. You know, a lot of men are like, well, that's, you know, that's not being a man or, you know, fuck that. It's all about relationships and interacting with people. And if people don't know they're valued, then what might they go on to do with their life or with their actions, if they knew how people felt about it, if they knew how they were really viewed? How many people are out there thinking that they have no meaning at all in this world because nobody tells them? You know, I, I was working on my book, The Universal Court, and I had reached out to some people for uh, you know, just getting opinions and education on a couple of issues that I wasn't sure about and just, you know, talking to them. And I found out a lot more people than I had any idea had listened to my mental sauna music or used it every night or played it for their kids every night to help them go to sleep. Like I would have never known that had I not been in contact with them about something completely different because people don't tell each other. And you know, people are too busy or can't be bothered to give ratings and reviews a lot of times. And it's, it's a shame because people a lot of times do not know value that they have what i see people doing instead is please share the suicide hotline number i I want 10 of my friends to let people know that there's someone listening you know what we really wouldn't need that if people didn't feel like they had no value in this world and it's a lot of that has well some of it i'll say i'll just say some and be fair some of that has to do with the fact that we don't tell each other part of it has to do with mental health issues Part of it has to do with people refusing to believe that they have value in this world. A lot of those people have been through trauma in their past and and have not found a way to see value in themselves. So it's like, you know, if a woman doesn't feel beautiful and you tell her she looks beautiful, she's not having it. It doesn't matter how beautiful you think she is. She is not having it if she doesn't feel beautiful. It's kind of like that with depression. People who are depressed, they want to know they have value, but when they hear it, they don't believe it. They think, no, you you don't mean that. You're just saying that to be nice. You can just see I'm upset and you're trying to be a friend. Whatever it is, it is such a difficult thing. But a lot of it stems, I think, from the fact that in society, we're so busy with let's just post a meme and maybe it'll, it'll make fe- someone feel better or let's post a suicide hotline and that will save somebody's life. You know what? Interact with people. Tell them how much you care. Tell them how much they mean to you, how they're relevant, how they inspire you, how they you know, you think of them when you run across a certain thing or a song that reminds you of something. You know, show people in your life that they have value. And it doesn't have to be extravagant. You don't have to make a big deal of it. You can just say, hey, you know what? I just remembered this about you or this thing. Remember this conversation we had and you talked about it? Like that really inspired me or it made me happy. You know, it's not that hard. And I think a song like this is a real example. And this may not be the intent of the song. I I have to I have to say that because this is just what I get from the song. And maybe because it's a hot button issue with me because I see people doing this all the time. But it is so important to just let people know you care. And yeah, there are some things that are going to make you vulnerable if you're if you're telling somebody like, wow, I am just madly in love with you. You're amazing. Yeah, that is that's a risk right there because you risk making it incredibly uncomfortable if they don't appreciate it or have any reciprocated feelings. Yeah, that can get ugly, especially if you live in the same damn building, which I'm assuming that they did. But yeah, uh, do it. Tell people that they mean something to you. It is so important. And if you really want to make a difference in somebody's life, that is a great way to do it. Very, very important. So anyway, once again, off my soapbox, I don't know what it is with this album that's triggering me so much into um, feeling like I need to educate people, but that's what this music does to me. Um, it just like s- songs like this shouldn't have to exist because we live, We but they do because we live in a world where these are very real topics. And as, as it's now I'm recording this on New Year's Day, it's 2023. Like, why is this still a thing? Why are we still afraid to tell each other how we feel and share and, you know, show people that they have value? It's ridiculous. So tell people that's the best advice I can give to you uh, for the new year and every year after that. Um, our second to last song as we're coming close to the end of this album is called, I wouldn't go that far. Hmm. I think I knew her. Prom night jitters, yeah, that's what this song reminds me of. Uh, you know, I didn't go to prom, I didn't go that far, but uh, yeah, th- you know, it's it's just one of those like uh, the guy's horny and he wants it, and she's like, yeah, I love you, but I probably shouldn't and isn't ready, and that's certainly fine. Guys should be respectful of that, and so should women if the situation is reversed and the guy's not ready. Um, you know, the the woman should appreciate and respect that as well. I think that's probably far less common. Maybe these days it's different. I don't know. I mean, when I was going to school, it was definitely the men were the aggressors. It was um, like gunslinger days out there. But um, yeah, it's it's a really beautiful song. I love the melody. I think it's a, a very, again, relatable song. I find, you know, when I do look at lyrics, a lot of times I find that, you know, yeah, it's a cool story, but it's not relatable. And I think that's another thing that I really love about Reba is the songs that she chooses to record. Are very relatable to a, a vast majority of people. It's everyday life stuff. And I think that's pretty cool. Maybe the lights the night the lights went out in Georgia is not everyday stuff for anybody. but you know for the most part, I think her songs are very relatable, very um, just just everyday life, you know. And this is definitely one of them. I love the melody of this song though it's very beautiful. Her voice again, just it just sounds like she's living this right now. like it just happened. He just left her and she's just remembering like going through in her mind the events that led up to him leaving her and she's telling you like right now as she's realizing them and that's you know like i said uh, that is the mark of a fantastic singer is somebody that can make you feel like they're just living this right now and she nails it every damn song absolutely love it uh our last song is is one that's a little bit interesting to me because i had been told years and years ago well, before the days of the Internet, I'm talking when we had bulletin board systems, you know, before we had even like regular dial up modems that, that we got to know when AOL was a thing. Um, I guess it still is. But when it was like the game in town, there was like AOL and I think MSN was the other one. Um, there might have been another one. I can't think of what it was, though. Anyway. Um, early days of the Internet. Right. So that I was told that this was the only song that she had ever written. And it was really written about the demise of her band from the plane crash. Uh, as I looked through the credits and tried to, to research it for this album or this review, I found that not to be the case. She, her, she's not listed on the credits that I found. So um, I, but, but I would I would highly suspect that that might be why she chose this song and why she chose to put it last on the album. Um, it definitely has a haunting quality to it. But it really it really goes back to the same content to me for The Greatest Man I Never Knew. You know, it's that it takes it to the next level, though, and we'll get into that after we listen. So let's take a little bit of a listen to If I Had Only Known.
1: In the storm, I would hold your head like a lifeline to my heart. Underneath the thunder, we'd be warm. If I had only known, it was our last walk in.
0: Personally, I think this is one of the most powerful songs ever written and recorded, Um, at least among songs that I know. Certainly, if I don't know it, I couldn't add it in the list. But this is probably one of the most identifiable songs for just about everybody on the planet. And it doesn't just have to be about people. I mean, it could be if you knew it was the last time you were taking your dog for a walk or the last time you know, you uh, you visited, a, a you know, when you were leaving your childhood home or uh, just a place that meant something special to you the last time you saw the beach, uh, you know, any anything really uh, anything that has that finality to it. Uh, and it doesn't also have to mean death. It could just mean the last time that you saw a person before they weren't in your life anymore or they cut you from their from their life or whatever the case is, just that I wish I could have, you know, if I had known I would have done this. Well, you know what? Do it. Don't wait for the regret of it. If you want to reach out and tell somebody you care about them, do it. You know, no matter what, it's if it's somebody you really care about or something you really care about, it'll never be enough. You know, I, re- I remember the day that um, we had to put my dog to sleep and I found him, um, he was having such a hard time breathing and I had to go to work and I called my parents. I think I told this story before, um, but I remember like all day at work, I'm like, I, I should have just like called in sick or quit or whatever and spent those last couple of hours with him. You know, um, I always regretted that. And a lot of times you don't know. Okay. In, in all fairness, a lot of times you don't know. When you graduate high school, or you, you know, you leave a job or, you know, a a company closes or everybody gets laid off, whatever happens. And it's always, oh, we'll stay in touch. We're the best of friends. We're family. You know, you're, you're in a band and we're like, oh yeah, we'll always be friends. Yeah, don't worry about it. You know, and you think that these people are always going to be around, but as you go through life, people go in different directions. And you don't know that that was the last time that you're ever going to see that person. You don't know that you're going to lose touch and never talk to them again. You don't. And this song is a great reminder to either, I'm not going to say don't let that happen because it's going to happen. It just is. You know, the people that are in your life right now are not always, or not all the people that are going to be there five years from now or 10 years from now. They're going to come in and out of your life. And it's not that anything necessarily happens It's people grow in different directions. They move out of state. They, uh, you know, get married, gain a family, you know, whatever it is, and just grow in different directions. And it's not that they don't care. It's just that they have other priorities now and they don't talk to you every week or every month or, you know, maybe it's just a happy birthday wish now, um, if that. So it doesn't have to be the sadness of like losing a person's life from yours. It could be a lot of different things, just basically any any time that was the last. You know, there's that there's that saying that's been going around, um, at least I, I heard it a couple of years ago and I've heard it many times that it's like you you don't know when, when you hold your child for the last time, you don't know it's the last time you're going to hold your child, you know, because they're going to grow up past that age. But you don't realize that, oh, this is the last time. Check that box off of the list because you're never going to do it again. You don't know. And that is the case with everything. So that's why it's so important to tell people you care about them, to reach out, to be there for them, to tell people that they inspire you or that they just make you happy being in your life, you know, whatever it is, tell them. Cause one day you can't. And I'd rather, personally, I would rather feel like I should have told them more than I did, than to look back and say, I should have told them. I think there's a huge difference between those two. And so, you know what? Life is short. We've seen it. Look at look at COVID. Look at how many people died throughout COVID or how many people die from, you know, various diseases or, you know, whatever life events and stuff every year. I mean, you really just never know who's going to be around tomorrow. So don't waste time. Like take advantage right now. Get on the phone and call somebody, send them an email, text them, whatever. I don't fucking care. Do something to show people that you care. That is the most important thing we can do with our lives. Because just letting somebody, like somebody telling them that they have value in this world, might make the difference of who they go on to be or stop them from doing something that they shouldn't do. So, Uh, Wow. Very emotional episode this week. I'm not going to apologize for it because you know what? This is music, guys. This is what music does to people. It brings out emotions. It brings out feelings and thoughts and creative ideas and all kinds of things. And this is what this album, which I never realized until I did this review, does to me i mean i knew that like this song and the greatest man i ever knew like i always knew those had an effect on me obviously i talked about the night the lights went out in georgia um bobby for my broke like all these songs like they have an, an emotional impact as a listener but there's a difference between being a casual listener or understanding the meaning of the song and really feeling it and just even just playing that short clip i didn't even listen to the whole song i just cut that clip and did the fade and that was it and even just that minute that I played for you guys like brought me right into everything I said afterwards. And that is one of the many powers of music. It will make you feel whatever it wants to make you feel, whatever the design of the song. And it doesn't have to be the same thing, especially if it's instrumental. Like I've always said, if I write a song about something in particular as an instrumental, because I'm not giving you a premise, maybe the title might give it away a little bit, but I'm usually pretty abstract in the titles um, whatever it makes you feel. If I imagine swimming through the ocean and I'm seeing all kinds of colorful coral and sea creatures and anemones and, you know, whatever, that might be what I'm thinking of when I write the song. But if you listen to the song and you think about walking through the forest or flying through the clouds or just sitting on top of a mountain and looking down at the landscape, whatever it is that you feel, I only care that you feel something. But when you have songs like these, which are very, very direct stories, and while people may relate to them different ways, they're very pointed in the emotion and they absolutely control you to feel whatever they want you to feel when they're being played. So very powerful music. And one of the many reasons that I absolutely love it. And um, I'm so grateful to be a composer, to be able to write music and share it with people, for whoever wants to listen, because to know that that some of the things that I've done have affected people very positively is the greatest thing in the world to me. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining me for this very emotional and unexpected episode. (laughs) Really did not think it was going to get this deep when I thought about uh, reviewing this album when I was putting it on my list. But you know what? Sometimes things need to be said and I said them and I don't regret them. And that's that. So take from it what you will go out and make this world better. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers.